Welcome to AAF District Forecast, the show that puts you in touch with advertising leaders, emerging talent, and industry news from across Florida and the Caribbean. And now, here are your hosts, District 4 Governor John Ruff and Communications Co-Chair Jacob Edenfield. Welcome to the latest episode of the AAF District Forecast. Let's get to the news. We're taking time to focus on member benefits this month. For instance, did you know that you can get access to eCornell's entire catalog of online courses for almost half off if you're an AAF member? Just head over to aaf.org, log in, click on member benefits, and scroll down till you see eCornell. Once you click that link, you get access to their entire catalog of online courses created by Ivy League faculty, including their diversity and inclusion course for huge, huge savings. And you can take a big chunk of that savings and buy me a drink next time you see me. And speaking of seeing me, get ready to be up close and in person with AAF on the weekend of April 22nd at Rosen Shingle Creek in Orlando, Florida for the district annual conference. We'll start the weekend off on Friday with NSAC on Friday morning. Then Friday afternoon, we'll be having our in-person attitude speaker series where we get speakers who get up and talk for about 20 minutes each, sort of like a TED talk style conference. Then we have our conference on Saturday, and then the Crown Affair, the District 4 American Advertising Awards Gala at Full Sail Live in Orlando. You can get all the details and sign up at aafdistrict4.org. And now, here's my co-host, Jacob. Hey everyone, this month I'm here with MJ Barnes from University of Miami. She's actually the head of the student consultancy Orange Umbrella down at UM. Uh, How's it going, MJ? It's great, how are you? I'm doing well. So I want to ask you first and foremost, you have a really interesting job. How did you get into this line of work? Um, well, I would love to say I orchestrated and planned it all on my own, but it actually was a bunch of very happy circumstances that all kind of led to having one of the best jobs I've ever had in my whole life. And I think has to be one of the best jobs out there for sure. My background is in advertising. So I went to undergrad and studied advertising, graduated with an undergrad degree from Texas Tech, thought I wanted to be in higher education for the rest of my life. And so I was just gonna go straight and get my master's and then on to get my PhD and just stay at Tech the whole time. But the dean of the comm school there actually encouraged me to take a year off and look at other grad schools. So I got my graduate degree from University of Texas at Austin. And while I was there, I heard about this small agency at the time called CPB. And um, CPB Miami came and spoke to us while I was finishing up my last semester there. And another interesting story led me to apply and get a job. So I worked at CPB Miami in account management for a little over six years. And just like most everyone in our industry, I eventually got laid off at, you know, <laughs> had my first layoff at the time and um, earned my stripes that way. And I thought, well, okay, this is it. I'll probably never work again. I guess my life is over. But lo and behold, while I was circulating my resume, it came across the desk of a couple professors in the comm school at University of Miami. And they called me in and said, hey, we'd love to know if you'd be interested in teaching because you have your master's. And I thought, wow, the were they reading my diary a few years ago? Because um, I would love to. So once I started teaching, it was just kind of like a drug to me. I absolutely loved the opportunity to work with young adults and also infuse my real life experience into the classroom. So I started 
teaching some hands-on courses, but then they asked me to start teaching traditional courses like intro to strategy, writing for advertising account management, and a couple other classes along those lines. And I just loved it. I really loved it. And I think it helped too that I was so new to teaching that I just didn't think any of the traditional rules of teaching applied to me. <laughs> Very naive, of course, but I definitely just went in and put my own spin on a lot of things. And then the dean of the comp school came to me and he was like, you know, we're looking for someone to run this student-run kind of consultancy that's going to be operating out of this new space. And would you be interested in just, you know, just get it off the ground. We're definitely going to hire someone else but just get it off the ground <laughs> and um I was like oh sure you know because listen I've never run an agency I don't know anything about that but I'll be happy to help in any way I can and then in January of 2017 we literally had two students and me around a table in this newly designed renovated space and he was like okay well you know go forth, enjoy your semester. It's our first student-run communication consultancy and let's just see what becomes of this. So um, again, it started with two students and me and about three to four months in when the semester had concluded, we had a total of 15 students. We had completed at least 10 projects and basically the the energy and the momentum and the excitement of the students realizing there was a student-run consultancy or basically a communication startup right there in the comm school was so palpable and they just you know they would tell their friends and then more and more expressed interest and there we were you know our first semester in and we just had amazing momentum and not even from the students but we had a, a ton of alumni um, that were interested or wanted to be our clients or parents that want to know how they could help and so that began our journey and the dean really liked what he saw and now we are celebrating our five-year birthday this week we've had almost to the number 300 students walk through our doors since we began and now it is also my full-time job so i teach at um as well and usually my class falls in the same night as one of your orange umbrella nights with the students so sometimes I get to overhear you guys working. And I think it was end of last semester, you gave your crew this great speech about how the agency world is full of people who will take advantage of you and, you know, like clickiness and all of this stuff. And I heard you tell all the students, to like, go talk to mm -hmm. somebody you've never talked mm -hmm. to before. And I was like, yes, I'm like rooting you on from the hallway. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think one of like this this trend I hopped on a, a few semesters ago was just the stresses of life that they definitely don't want to know about. Like I will tell them, <laughs> and um, it's like, sorry guys, y'all signed up for this and you're gonna listen. But yes, it I, I've told them some pretty gnarly things about the agency world. Yes, but also just the professional what world. What is uh, and your your gnarliest scared straight story that you share with Orange Umbrella? Oh, it's easily one of my worst recurring fears and nightmares that still keeps me up to this day. But basically, I accidentally emailed our client talking badly about her, directly to her, and horribly so. Like, it was literally one of those gut check moments where you're like, no, no, that didn't just happen, did it? 
and you double check who was on it and you think you call the person you were supposed to be sending it to did you get that email no what email and then my face was just beat red and then it happened so quickly too because the client must have gotten it, forwarded it to her like CMO. The CMO called my account director and literally within like 49 seconds of me sending that email, my account director was in my office. Hey, did you just send this to Julie? My God. I'm like cringing on your behalf right now. <laughs> you should, we all should. Everyone out there, please never do what I did. <laughs> Oh my God. Well, that's a good one. That's an excellent lesson for, for any student, honestly. Um, you know, I used to go to job fairs and stuff back when that was a thing and we like saw people face to face and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> What's that like? <laughs> yeah, once upon a time, in the before time, <laughs> yeah. uh, I would go to these job fairs and I'd, I'd talk to students, you know, it's just passing conversation and I'd, I'd get these baffling interactions. Like, well, I'd ask a what I think is a very simple question, like, well, what do you want to do? What are you good at? And they'd be like, marketing. Be like, yeah, but there's a thousand jobs in that. Which in particular are you good at? Which one do you want to pursue? And it was really funny how how many students who went through advertising and marketing programs or, you know, communications programs didn't have a good working understanding of all the different people you need in order to make an agency or a marketing department run. Yeah, absolutely. Over the years, Orange Umbrella has developed and we have, I think now like 30 different positions that we offer, including everything from HR, employee experience, DE&IB, insights and analytics, social media strategy, like really the full gamut, you know, that you can think of in a marketing or advertising agency. But what is also really cool is that they are learning like, oh, so HR does hiring and I can help with interviews if I talk to this person in HR or, oh, so strategy writes the brief and then I create it from that brief and I can go back and ask the strategist (laughs) questions. It just is really, you know, it's the, one of those small things though, that when they start that first job, they aren't going to have to ask their supervisor. So what does that person in that other department do? And am I allowed to talk to them or not? You know, it just breaks down these walls, you know, and a really, um, friendly environment so they can go into any of those jobs you were just referring to and feel really confident and know that that department does this and this is where I focus and then this is where we all work together and then I go off and do my thing that relates back to it you know so that's been great to witness for them too well, MJ, thank you so much for sharing this. This We're going to post um, a link to the Orange Umbrella site on our site. Um, I would totally encourage anyone who's interested in hiring Orange Umbrella to help you out with something or hiring their graduates. We've had a great experience at AAF and uh, I wanted to pass along the good word. Oh, thank you so much, Jacob. It was so much fun. And I really appreciate this opportunity and for allowing me to be here. I love yeah, it so a blast. much. Yeah, it was yeah. so great. So this month, I'm sitting down with membership co-chair Stacy Taylor. How are you, Stacy? I'm doing great. Awesome so, week. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for asking. What's it like to be like, I don't know, one of my favorite funniest people on social media? I, I, <laughs> I love the stuff you post. It's so funny. Everybody calls it funny, and I'm just like, this is my real life, <laughs> all in all. But, I, you know, try and keep it real, um, I think. You know, we're it's been a weird couple of years for everybody, but yeah, definitely find some 
some laughable moments throughout the day, especially my days. Refreshingly real. That's your, uh, <laughs> that's your tagline. I like line. that. I'm yeah. going to write that down. You should. You should. I'm going to trademark it. Um, so who are you? What do you do? What do you do for a living? I am Stacy Taylor. As you mentioned, I am currently the um, marketing and creative studio director at Media Lab. We are a CG company in Tampa, Florida. And um, prior to that, I uh, worked a lot in digital marketing, started out as a graphic designer, but have always been in advertising in general in, in all regard. And you have not, you weren't born in Florida, were you? I was not. I was born in Ohio. Do you go back often? I do. I do. We have a lot of family there still. So um, I'm actually going up there again in April. I have a, a new little nephew to visit. So I'm very excited. Fun. Were you rooting for Cincinnati? I was by default because I, to be honest, I wasn't, you know, I thought, oh, the Bucks are going to get it again this year. We had Brady. Um, yeah. So, you know, I was hoping for a year or two. Right. But then uh, wasn't familiar with either of the winners really. And, and I thought I'm, I'm going to Ohio. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people, a lot of people wanted to see Cincinnati win. I remember, I remember seeing Cincinnati in the Super Bowl and whatever it was, 88, 89. So, uh, and that was the last time. Yeah. Cincinnati has a special place in my heart too. I used to travel there a lot for business, um, my previous job. So it's, it's an amazing city. Very cool. Nice. So what, what drew you to AAF? AAF. So my original interactions with AAF were when I was in art school up in Ohio. So AAF Akron, um, shout out to them. If anybody ever ends up listening to this podcast, from that group. but, yeah. um, you know, it was really a great opportunity to kind of bridge the gap between being a college student that's just begging for a job to really, you know, rubbing elbows with the people that are doing the award-winning work. Um, and, you know, it was a very, I think we talked about this when you were just at our award ceremony uh, last week, but, you know, it's such a, a celebrity-like experience as a, as a young person in the industry to see all these faces that are putting this, you know, amazing creative out there that you're so inspired and excited by to actually get into the field. Um, and then had participated on a professional level and, and been involved um, up there. And then when I moved down to Florida, I was still working remotely. Um, I was with the JM Smucker company in Ohio and I was traveling up there all the time. So I didn't really make an effort to establish roots down here on a professional level because for the most part, I was traveling around to visit our different agencies. And then I would go to our home office in Ohio if I wasn't working from home. Right. And I got to the point where I'd been here long enough. I think it had been about four years and I thought I really need to get ingrained in the community in, in Tampa and the greater Tampa Bay area so that I, I know who people are and, and what the companies are here and, and what they do. And had a friend, Nick, who was involved in AAF and um, that year we had a, a new president, Taryn, coming on board and he said, I want to introduce you to her. I think you'd like this, you know, the AF Tampa Bay group. And I would recommend that you just jump right on the board and, and get involved. And so, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we uh, we met at a, a beach bar down the road and Taryn and I hit it off right away. And I said, sign me up. Let's let's dive in and get started. So I joined the board and uh, was sitting in an operations position the first year, which is kind of a great way to get to know the ins and outs in a new club that you've not been involved in previously. Yeah, you know, it's <clears throat> all the tools all the digital tools at our disposal for, you know, connecting with people, but a good old fashioned membership based organization really gets the job done, you know? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, so, so you were president of AF Tampa last year. How was that? 
Well, it was 2020, so um, <laughs> where do I start? <laughs> yeah, so it was great. Everything went as it was, planned. It was great. I'm, I'm a, a type A personality. Uh, I'm sure you know that because you're around me, you know, here and there. But I had the whole year planned out. I knew every single thing we were going to do. I took, you know, being incoming president as a, an opportunity to, to plan the, the following year and figure out how we can build on all the great things that we were doing and then along with the rest of the world, got the rug kind of ripped out from under me and um, got to flex uh, my creative muscles and say, okay, you know, what's once we're done washing off our groceries <laughs> and <laughs> sanitizing our hands, what are we going to do here? Right. Um, so, you know, it was a, it was a rough year because I think my main concern was that we weren't providing to our members this level of support and service that we could provide if we were able to be together in person. But what I saw was a lot of people coming together, trying to figure it out, you know, working on how can we put some value behind some virtual events. Um, and also just in the work that our, our local agencies were doing, everybody really shifted to trying to help each other out. And through that came some really awesome creative. So although it wasn't a year where we were having you know, the, the typical things you see online, the happy hours, the networking events, the speakers, um, where you get a lot of people out in the crowd. I think we we definitely grew a more close-knit advertising community. And I think we saw some really innovative work that we had not seen before um, as we were going through some of the submissions for the advertising awards that had happened, you know, towards towards the end of the, the worst of it, as I'll call it. You know, speaking of the work, I mean, I was just you know, in Tampa last week for, for your American Advertising Awards Gala. And wow, I mean, the work was so fantastic. And and the agency people there are just super nice and mm -hmm. super easy to talk to. I really enjoyed myself. Oh, good. Well, we were thankful that you made the trip. I tapped you to be membership chair with Tim Hennessy. And you, you guys have done a great job this year. What what have what have you kind of taken away, f you know, from, from being co-membership chair this year? Um. You know, as I as I mentioned with being incoming president, I kind of took first year of co-membership to say, how can I support the stuff that's already rolling and, and what do we need to do for next year? So I think this year still being a transitional year, you know, still navigating how can we get to be or get people to really start thinking about getting involved in some of the things that maybe weren't as high of a, a priority with you know, business being at risk and the other challenges people were experiencing. And um, I think, you know, this year we focused a lot on supporting our presidents and making sure that everybody that was running their local clubs had the tools they needed to um, encourage membership, to educate their current members, to continue to grow their clubs. But I think as we're moving into this coming year, I want to look more at um, – overall campaigns, things that we can do from a district, even a national organization to bring, you know, cohesive messaging to everybody, give them the tools they need to to promote joining their club, all those types of things, um, put programs together. I know we've got some really great opportunities with um, some partnerships we're doing and things. So um, creating some media, some videos, some fun, interactive things to share. So um, really looking forward to digging into some of that and doing what we do best, which is advertise. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, you've, you've done a great job. I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, what you end up doing next year as well. You know, I started the podcast off, you know, with news like I always do. And, you know, 
talking about how with membership and we're really going to be pushing benefits right now. And, you know, the eCornell benefit is, is just amazing. You know, when you Huge. look, when you click and look and see like all this Ivy League faculty courses are available for a thousand dollars off or more, you know, it's just, right. it's nuts. And that, that initiative started right here in D4. It's rolled out nationally, but it started right here in D4. So, so now that, you know, I know we talked about, you know, there's a lot of digital tools that are at our disposal for, you know, connecting with anyone across the country, but, you know, really a, a membership-based organization is still, I think, very important. I, you know, I, I know you feel like that, but what do you, what do you think the future is of, of membership-based organizations? I think we're going to have to make a shift and, and I'll be bold and say that a lot of the things, or at least a lot of the things that I've done or I've, I've seen, you know, friends and family do were very routine and programmatic, right? It's like, this is what you do in your career and you join these kind of organizations and you do these things and, and you don't really think about it. Everybody was just kind of in the grind. You know, I'm traveling, I'm doing all the things, I'm making all the meetings, I'm, I'm checking the boxes, I'm speaking at these events. And I think what's happened over the last couple of years is we've stripped all that away and people have really had to choose what's important to them. So I think the future of membership-based organizations is going to be finding that thing that's important to the members that you're supporting and making sure that you're doing it. Um, just because we have a club available um, and you can put something on your LinkedIn profile and we get together and have some meetings isn't isn't necessarily going to be enough moving forward. Not saying, you know, that's how it's been, but we're going to be competing for people's time that they've, you know, kind of pulled back and, and kept a bit more personal over the couple of years. So I think the, the future is going to be really connecting with our members, listening to them, hearing, you know, how we can support them, how this club can, you know, better their careers, the companies they work for, new business startups, uh, vendors, you name it. Um, and, and really kind of finding that special place where AF fits in, in their lives. And I think we'll have a lot of success if we can figure that out. Yeah. Yeah, listen, adapt, execute, right? Yeah. <laughs> so if someone came up to you and said, hey, why why should I join AAF? What, what are you going to say? My first answer is the people. I, I do not. I'm, I'm selfish with my time, especially now. Me too. And if there are not people that I enjoy spending time with, you're going to be very hard-pressed to get me there. <laughs> Um, especially it's something where it's it's not, you know, affecting my livelihood, right? It's right. like, oh, I, I'm going to do this with my free time. Um, so AAF, I think everybody who is there, especially when you look at the people that are, are doing kind of the work side of it, right? The the officers, the, the committee members, people that are volunteering their time, they are there because they genuinely care about the industry, about the health of the industry, the representation of the industry, and making sure that everybody gets exposure to that. Um, so I could tell anybody with confidence that if you join this group, you're gonna you're gonna be surrounded by people that are gonna want to make you better and that are gonna want to make your company better or give you opportunities that you might not have had before. Yeah, that's a great answer. I say, you know, when I'm talking at award shows or whatever, I you know, I always I always cheer to the industry that is done so well for, you know, me personally and my family. And this is a way to give back to the industry that has served me so well. But man, I mean, the the relationships that, that you make and, and the people you meet and, um, you know, even the, the people you volunteer with, but also the members. I mean, like, you know, I can go to, you know, I can go to Jacksonville or I can go to Tampa or I can go to Miami and I'm going to know people there because of this organization, you know? Right. 
So yeah. what is what's your favorite other than, you know, the people, but like if you were to just as a member, like what what's been your favorite AF member benefit? I this is gonna sound really probably silly, but um I enjoy seeing different groups of people that I don't interact with on a regular basis. I think it's very easy, you know, especially as you get more advanced in your career to kind of get stuck in your your day to day. Here are the things I have to do. I think earlier in your career, you're out there, you're networking, you kind of naturally want to explore more, but it it really kind of brings me out of my shell a little bit. And yeah. I, I talk to other people, I hear the challenges that they're having that I might be experiencing. You know, to your point, I meet somebody that at that moment I may be like, oh, they were super cool. Six months down the road, I'm talking to a client and I'm like, you know who would be perfect for that job? I, <laughs> I talked to somebody, let me get you in touch. Like just interactions with people that I wouldn't have in my in my everyday kind of grind. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's so easy to get into our grooves, right? And yep. be with the same people and stuff like that. And like this, you're right. It just forces you to get out of your shell a little bit meet some people that are in different disciplines of advertising that you normally wouldn't talk to. And then, yeah, so let's say you have a client who needs data analysis and you're like, I know somebody, you know what I mean? I absolutely know somebody that, you know, so it makes, makes perfect sense. Totally, totally understand it. Totally get it. And on the flip side, it's like, you know, you go to, you can go to networking events, but they're typically transactional, right? Like you're there because you need to meet people for certain reasons or, or they're there because they need to meet people for certain reasons. And I know, especially when I was brand side, I'd go to these things and, you know, you have the happy hour and you've been on the, the trade show floor or whatever all day. And you're just like, ugh, all I want to do is get back to my hotel room, but I got to network. <laughs> right. And and to be amongst people that are in the same industry you're in, we're not trying to sell anything to each other. There's nothing transactional about it. It's networking for just support, camaraderie, comparison. I think that's a different experience and it's really enjoyable. Well, Stacey, I appreciate your time today. I uh, appreciate so much the work that you've done for D4 uh, this past year. The year's not over, but I appreciate everything that you've done and continue to do and um, really appreciate your time today. Thanks so much. Oh, likewise. And uh, cheers to our governor. <laughs> that wraps up this episode of the AAF District Forecast. If you'd like to be interviewed or know someone who should be, let us know at our website, aafdistrict4.org. That wraps up this month's episode of the AAF District Forecast. Thanks for listening. And tune in next time for what's new in District 4.